Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Good morning, you're listening to Animal Central on Cliff Central. I'm Sharon Dale, and I'm here with my co-host, Jonathan Sinclair. Yes, good morning. Our favorite day of the week. Favorite day of the week. Except, Jono, you might have to stand in for me every now and again. I still have no voice, basically, from WODAC. We did WODAC this weekend. You stand at that stand for 10 hours a day, packing, unpacking, talking. Of course, I need to ask everybody, Mm. what dogs do you have? What are their names? Show me their pictures. And yeah, so we don't have the best of voices this morning. Well, um, Sharon, while we're talking about WODAC, uh, we can't do it without doing this. This. Because you were the winner of the Celebrity <laughs> Dog Competition. I am so proud of myself. Yes. I tell you what, the last time I even ran was probably 20 years ago. But I think it was a little bit, I was lucky because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I got the border collie in mm-hmm. the drawer. Mm-hmm. So you put a crazy dog lady and a crazy-eyed border collie in one room and nobody stands a chance. So thank you to Jenga. Thank you to Jenga for winning it for me. So what did you actually, what, what was the charity or that benefit? Well, what work? happened was, as you heard, because of course, Jono, you were there too. Yes, and um, I beat your ass. You kicked me. <laughs> well, first what, round. Well, first of all, I was like, "Why are they putting me and Sharon up against each other?" And then, uh, yeah, you, you kicked me out like first round. But you made it all the way to the end, and there were many celebrities who were there. It was fantastic. It I was really fantastic. had fun. Yeah. I mean, every time I got through, and they'd say, "You won next round." I think we did five heats or something mm-hmm. like that. I was completely shocked. I know. Mm. Shocked, shocked, shocked. But no, what happened was while we were doing that, people were donating money, of mm-hmm. course, for all the the shelters and rescue organisations that were there. And uh, at the end of it, any money that was raised, Wodak was going to double it, and then split it between all the rescue organisations. And then one of the prizes that I won, um, I decided to auction it, and I got 500 rand for it from uh, Maltons, actually, mm. from the owner of Maltons. That's awesome. So it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And, of course, my rosette is proud of place right mm. next to my bed. I'm very Fantastic. proud of myself. No, well done. And I'm so glad you were there representing Animal Central yeah. and that you won. Because Animal Central won. If, if we had relied on me, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been like well, that. Well, Canine Zone and Animal Central Animal, won. Exactly. But it was a great event. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it enjoyed it. It was a great opportunity to educate mm-hmm. people about, you know, spay, neuter, don't backyard breed, um, you know, how to take care of a dog properly. So mm-hmm. it does give you that opportunity. And of course, with all the rescue centers there and shelters there, there was great opportunities to educate people. When I was walking around, the thing that excited me most, which I was surprised by, was those budgies. I don't know if you walk past these show budgies, the most beautiful Budgies you've ever seen I in your life. It's so big. I didn't even see that. Uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't look away from them. They were oh, so beautiful. Really? And I even said, you know, we should maybe try to get them on Get the, the budgie people. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to yeah. walk around. I still wanted to go and buy a bone for Barking Mad. I wanted to enter the raffle. Walked away with 
out anything. I didn't buy anything. I didn't see anything. I walked away with a whole lot of pamphlets. It was really, really good fun. Um, It was. But we also got a busy show today, Sharon. We do. Today, uh, in fact, before we carry on, I wanted to send a shout out to Tennis Kotzer. Tennis came to our stand. He listens to us every week. He's probably one of our biggest fans. So I said to him, I was going to say, hi, Tennis. Hope you're listening. And thanks for coming to visit me at the stand. (laughs) But yes, today we've actually got Stella Maldo, Nicholas Maldo, who's here from Woodrock, uh, Animal Rescue. They're the Animal Angels. Again, they're going to tell us more about what they do. We're going to have a little bit of an update from Jagamo. Jagamora Predator Park And then we're going to bring in a celeb A speed queen Her name is Wilmarie Janser von Rensburg And she rescues, sterilizes and rehomes cats Mm -hmm. So a full show again Yes, alright, well let's get in with it Let's get started Uh, Welcome guys (laughs) (laughs) Estelle, thank you so much for coming in today Nicholas, I know you guys do so much for animals Please tell us Where did Woodrock start? I think it's the age-old story. Uh, Woodrock started actually in Whitmead, around the corner here, next okay. to Carver Rock. Right. Uh, with five dogs, three children, two pigs. That? Twenty-seven years ago. Twenty-seven mm. years. Yeah, I believe we were one of the oldest shelters. Goodness. And when five dogs became ten, mm. and uh, our neighbours started <laughs> getting a little bit <laughs> yeah. irritated, um, we decided that we'd better start looking for something more permanent, larger. And uh, when 30 dogs, we were at 30 dogs when we moved out And we bought our um, farm out in Henops River Valley Where we have 150 dogs, 7 donkeys, anything oh anything rescued Yes, uh, nothing so have ducks sport. and all sorts of Everything, well. we've just rescued 20 cats as well 20, 20 cats, yeah. wow Ducks, geese Sure So anything that hasn't a voice, we take right. on Right. Yeah. Mm. Of course, we got a cap- we have our capacity. Bunnies as well, yeah. Yeah, our little bunnies yeah. yes. from Ravonia Road, actually. Oh my word! Yes. But bunnies tend to multiply. Huh? <laughs> no, our bunnies <laughs> are all sterilised. Oh, oh, all of them. Oh. Sterilisation oh. is the key. Absolutely. When they enter, that's the first process. After Absolutely, all no. Yeah. We've they don't compromise. Be wise. Sterilise. Absolutely. Mm. There's yeah. no excuse not to. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you will never find an unsterilised dog at Woodrock. Mm. Okay. Never. It goes in almost immediately. We we do a health check to check of bilary, you know, for bilary yeah. or any like side effects that it could have, because the, our vets are quite particular. We use the very very best vets. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So then, the minute they come in, they are neutered or spayed well, they first get they, they go, go out to, to they go into isolation. We have an isolation area. Okay. We we do full medics. Nicholas is in charge of that, yes. and then we whip them off to the vets. Yeah. A lot of the dogs that we do get have got. Tick bite fever or bullery. Oh. So have to treat them first before they can be sterilized. Yes. Or they've been found on the side of the road or that we also They're do township. Yeah, we yeah. do township, uh, the, well, the, the informal settlements where yes. we feed the dogs in the informal settlements on an average of 70 a day. And we oh. go in there and make certain that they haven't, you know, we educate. Yes. So do you go into an informal settlement literally every day to go? Uh, three feed? times a week, I would three say better than yes. every day. And we we keep those dogs healthy, and we notice that there's been a huge improvement in the attitude towards animals. Yes, they'll call us immediately and say, "Listen, there's a litter that we've noticed, or there's a dog with a broken leg, or a dog with billery, and we handle it." Yeah. And these dogs in the informal settlements are they dogs on the loose that know you coming and wait for their food, or are they owners that bring the dogs to you? No, they're owners. Okay. They're all owned. No, they don't bring the dogs physically to us. We drive into the informal settlements. Yes. But they are owned by the informal settlement, the the community. Right, right. And these dogs don't need to be tied up, and they they know who they belong to. That's amazing. It is. In fact, you can see the the owner of the dog walking along with seven dogs following him. Mm, mm. 
That's incredible. Like it a is. shepherd with his herd of sheep. Yes, and mm. they listen and they, they're there with the owner. Yeah. Well, they, they do have, have, they, they have, they have fleas. the attachment. Yeah, there. They, they, they aren't like tip top health. We try and, uh, you know, do flea control and we try and do dentals and all the rest mm. of it, ear infections and, and they do get sick. So, but they aren't in tip top health, but we try. Sure. And as long as they're sure. not hungry and they're all sterilized, absolutely all sterilized. That is like mm. our main aim that there's no breeding. And Estelle, you know, so many people are doing this now, going into the informal settlement, spaying and neutering. Long term, this is obviously going to make a huge difference in unwanted litters. Sadly, Sharon, Yes and no. Mm. It's the old, it's a problem from years gone back. I mean, 27 years ago when we started, there was only the SPCA basically and a lady by the name of Sheila Gibson. Right, right. And, uh, well, this is what all we had. And, uh, Fora was, uh, Friends of Rescued Animals, uh, Marlene Debeer. Yes. And it wasn't an easy feat, let me tell you, because you hid your dogs away. You were petrified that the SPCA would come and take your dogs because we weren't registered. And so you ask me, is this going to change long term? No, yes. this is an age-old problem all over the world. Really? You only—it's a grain of sand. That's it. It is going to be you forever. Think, you know, if, I see so many associations like yourselves, dancers love dogs. They're all doing these sterilizations, mm-hmm. and you think. It must make a difference. It doesn't. You've it got doesn't. your back breed breeder. Your, it makes a difference to a point, but you've got your backdoor breeders mm. on a massive mm. scale, a scale that you cannot even imagine. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the puppy mills, my own personal sure. pet peeve, yes. mm. can't stand yeah. it. Sharon, you've got seven out of ten dogs, or six out of ten dogs that are put down every day, unwanted dogs. Uh, I mean, and nine out of ten cats. Uh, the statistic mm. is still mm. there. You know? If you found five shelters right now. They will all tell you they're full. Yes. No, I know so that. That there's is the, nowhere for them to this go. This is an epidemic. It is an epidemic. Mm. And it's it's worldwide. And it still surprises me. I mean, I did meet a couple of people at Wodak proudly telling me, yes. oh, they just want to have a, a litter. One litter. And you go, yeah. but but why? No, we want to let the kids It's see, always about the kids. You know? yeah. It's yeah. always about the kids. Mm. Or, But my dog's beautiful. Yeah. I want to breed it. And you kind of scratch your head and you go, Where's, where are they going to go? Where mm. are these puppies going to go? Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully more and more people are educated. And I think a lot of people are starting to feel a little bit embarrassed now. I think it's getting to them to say, yeah. all right, I'm not going to. Let me go and sterilize. Mm. And that is why all our dogs leave sterilized. We do not yeah. rehome without yeah, sterilizing. Yeah, one unsterilized dog creates uh, 64,000 offspring. 64,000? In, in, in five, five years. years. That's crazy. It is and crazy. And one unsterilized cat creates... Uh, 500,000 offspring Good in seven heavens. years. Mm. So, And there's just not enough homes. No, there are not mm. enough homes. No. Um, but, you know, my biggest uh, – I, I always see people say, oh, you know, I've already got two dogs. I just can't bring this third dog in. And I shake my head and I think, but I've got 20. Mm. Hello? Mm. Mm. It's, uh, you know, you just make yeah. place for that, an- yes. that extra animal. You do see a lot of the people that really do care adopting and ending up with – as you say, 15, 20 dogs. It's not a big deal. Yeah. 20 dogs is not a big deal. No. No, and at least they're getting the good care with people who love We them. laugh For because you, it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting with two only, so I, I need to just adopt a few it to more. the neighbors, eh? But yeah. that is a lot of energy around you and in your space and in your home, and it must take its toll um, to give all, all the animals attention and to feel like You know, like Jonathan, you're... that is a thing, but the dogs know their place in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You have a hierarchy amongst the dogs as well, mm. and they know who your pack leader is. Yeah, they are mm. pack animals by nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they do work out exactly. And all our dogs are, are old, three-legged, oh. blind, 
mm-hmm. on wheels. So we don't take in the, the pampered pooches. So how many do you personally have? 20. You have 20. We have 20 in dogs. In your house? In our them. house. Wow. In 150 in the shelter. In 150 in the how shelter. How many sleep on your bed? But then they also get hot and they want to lie on the floor, so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing nicer than sleeping with a Absolutely. dog on the bed. You know, nothing when we go nicer. on holiday, have you, have you ever left your dogs and go on holiday? That first night is like it's trauma. terrible. I try not to go on holiday <laughs> because I won't leave my dogs, but it is. Yeah, I it phone home symptoms. all the time. Yeah. yeah, you can't handle it. I think you sleep better. It's their breathing that is so soothing. It's the cuddling. The cuddling, the yeah. warmth. It's, yeah. it's the most amazing thing. Yes. It really yeah. is. I used to share my bed with six Rottweilers. Mm. It was quite <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these little guys that you personally adopted did they come through the shelter that you just found you know love that with one was given to me as a present and she uh, he eddie bear is now um i think he's 18 18 years old 18 yeah. years okay. old he's a dash strong as a bull and he's he's uh, he's the only dog that i've ever received as a gift and i could not figure why somebody had gone out and bought a dog and given me a dog as a gift it, it like baffled me Goodness, and he's still around. He's my man. And then the others, when they come in, do you just kind of form a bond and decide, this is my personal dog now? Sharing a form a bond with every dog. Mm, I can walk. It's very sad because you have to. Mm. Uh, We we rehomed two dogs. from the animals because, Mm. I mean, they're all our friends, you know? Nicholas, we dropped off two dogs at a new home yesterday. And as Nicholas got into the car, he said to me, Oh, I was getting so attached. No. So that's it. You you have to draw the line as to where mm. Fiona, our kennel manager, she is everything for us. Fiona Manuel from Woodrock Animals. Um, we don't physically work at the shelter every day. We only do Saturdays and Sundays, but we do morning checks and night checks. And she physically takes in every dog and rehomes every dog, and every home check is done through her, you know, through myself, yes. Nicholas, or her. And yeah. of course, Woodrock is a no-kill shelter. None of your dogs are euthanized. They, if they're not adopted. They love there with you. Correct. Mm. Pro life. Pro yeah. life. Completely pro life. Yes. Yeah, we've got plenty of keepers there, you know. They're long lifers. We call them long lifers where mm. we know that they're taking up a kennel and we get, we, we get criticized for it that they're taking up an enclosure. Our enclosures, the dogs sleep on beds with heaters, with blankets and some of them have aircon. And mm. um, so they are given a quality of life. They walked twice a day. Music. They get music. Oh, yeah. really? This thing about music, you ask about music, yes. I promise you it's ACDC because I would prefer the the more softer music, but it's Nicholas's choice. And the dogs enjoy it. Well, I hope so. I, I love don't it. Know. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure it does provide some sort of stimulation. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It relaxes and them, John. Sure. ACDC yeah. relaxes. <laughs> For sure. Hey, Probably you're got right. some head-banging dogs there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so tell me your adoption criteria. People come out, they come and have a look. What is the process? Uh, the process is quite simple. We watch your body language with that dog. We have an area called Tickle and Touch. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we like a telephonic interview first, and yes. we actually get criticized for this as well. But that first is telephonic is so vital because the questions I ask, I remember. Then I send through an application, and if it doesn't coincide, mm. and ah. yeah, and people forget what they say, and then when, when they we insist they come and do a greet and meet at the shelter, yes, and their body language is vital. And you know what? You can still make mistakes. I'm sure. Yes, mm. we do a home check as well. Yeah, then the home checks get done, and two were done yesterday for one little boy called Jason. And the one that uh, we had thought uh, was going to be like a really good home, Jenny, 
sent us an email and she says, wow, the lorry. She says, this was an awful home. Oh, really? Yes. And the other one was approved. What are you looking for in the You know, chicks? first of all, I look at food bowls and food. Yes. And you look at the, show, the, the actual security for the animal. So those are all things visible. There was one home check I remember. Swimming pool covered. Swimming pools must be covered, which we've also been criticized for, but it's very important to us that that a dog doesn't drown. Do people rent or own property? That we we are flexible on. We are flexible, Junior. Very flexible Mm. because Mm. money is not a criteria for love. No, sure. Absolutely. But you must be able to pay veterinary bills. Yes. Yeah, it's also no good that they have a secure place now, but in three months' months time, time. where's the dog going to be staying? Exactly. And we have, we have, we have dogs coming back. We have a, a policy that if you move, relocate, get divorced, you know, the usual question, hi, listen, um, my, mm. I've just got married and my husband's bringing in his bull terrier and my dog isn't going to be able to stay. Mm. So you do get, but we have a policy that you have to come back to us. Yes. That yes. dog will forever be, be a woodrocker. You guys have a lifelong commitment to that dog. We do. Mm. Yeah. In fact, even if they're going to give it to their friend, we've got to vet the friend first. Mm. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And your success rate? Do you find a lot of good homes? Oh, yes. I think we get in more than we rehome. Really? The rehoming is rate is very low, very it's slow. 20 to 1. Yeah. And so also. Every 20 dogs that we get in, we can only find one home. It's seasonal as well, and puppies take preference. And the, the purebreds take preference. And our dogs, 90% of them are the, the, the leftovers. Yes. If you want to call them the leftovers, the precious babies. Yeah, I was just going to ask you which dogs get preference. So yeah, obviously puppies, yeah. purebreds. I, I, I listen to your key. So if you say, you know, we had a, a Labrador that died last month and we're really partial to Labradors and I have a Bull Terrier Krushnauser, I'll say, you won't believe it. This dog is exactly like a Labrador. Uh. Outstanding. In, in fact, I'm quite certain the mother was probably a Labrador. And I play on that. Yes. Mm. So you know, you you actually become a psychologist as well yes, in this whole rehoming process. And it's interesting. I wanted to find out. You say body language. What are you What are you looking for? The interaction with the I've dog. I've seen people stand aloof and not touch a dog yeah, right. and tell me they love dogs. Don't yeah. I don't I don't get it. Mm. Yes, yeah. I've seen a lot of that. People who profess that they're these big dog lovers. Yes. But they won't even touch a dog because oh, I'm allergic or oh, I'm. Yes. But then what? that begs the question: Why are they there to yeah, adopt exactly. a dog? Security. Well, Security, oh, yeah, of course. That's okay. the reason. Look, there's lots of education involved as well, because mm. lots of children also are afraid of dogs. You have mm. to. So, tickle and touch is a very important aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get to touch the dog and see the dog's not going to bite them and that type of thing. Mm. And and what about children? I had a um, one of our canines owners want to adopt a golden retriever two weeks ago, and she was turned down because she had a child under five. Do you have that kind of, do you look out for that? Do you know, we, we have dogs that are boisterous. Mm. So if the dog, a golden retriever, for example, we, we know our dog's personality is very, very well. Our dogs are all lead trained actually as well. We, we like to, excepting Stacy. Darling Stacy can't be lead trained. For some <laughs> reason she hasn't been lead trained and she's been with us since a puppy. Oh. Um, but we do, we, if a dog is going to eat for a child a five's plate, who's going to get into trouble but the, the dog, not, not the child. Yeah. And uh, a child that hasn't been subjected to an animal who is boisterous, that is going to knock them over, that is not a suitable rehoming. Yes. So then the, every rehoming has a different set of criteria right, and right. you have to look at it in its merit. Yes, individually. Yeah, certain dogs are much stronger than other dogs. Sure. And that can be a problem around children. Yes. But you cannot uh, blacklist the dog. The dog can be trained. Mm -hmm. Right. Properly trained. And and I mean, it's so important. I saw, again, going back to Wodak, is um, 
Animal Talk magazine had this stand where Paws for People were educating the children into how to communicate with what to do, what not to do. And it was so amazing hearing these children sing these little songs and being educated that don't climb on a dog's back, don't pull its ears and its tail. And but it's the parent. But the parent. I was about to say, where's the parent? The parent needs to educate. Do you know? uh, We just recently did a massive puppy mill rehoming with one of the uh, the groups. um, Schnauzer friends. Correct. Uh, Most incredible woman, Deborah Blaine. Oh, she is. But um, a lot of the homes actually came. The dogs stayed over at the Woodrock shelter, and the owners would then come into Woodrock, and I personally would watch their interaction and a lot of the new owners have phoned Deborah back and myself and in fact Deborah has phoned me back as well Mm. and said how did you know that you read your dog do you know that a dog doesn't learn from the human being actually the dog learns from other dogs so when you say to me how do you take a dog into your pack of 20 Mm. simply Mm. because my dogs know there's space in the pack so that new dog that's coming in even a blind dog will immediately read the situation Hands are so important because dogs don't have hands to slap out. So a hand, you keep your hands away from my dog. That's the first thing you learn when you see a dog coming from a puppy mill who has never been touched in nine years by a human hand. But they they also learn from each other. Yes. So once you put them into a situation where the dog now looks at the other dog and says, hang on, those dogs trust the human beings, you know. Mm. Can't be that bad. Let's Mm. go with it. And it's after three days, it's a changed animal. So do you never have fights or anything like that in your pack? Our pack, uh, the pack at home? Yes. In our yes. house? In your house? No. Never? Not at all. Jenny keeps them in line. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dog. Jenny. Oh. Jenny's my dog. She's a Dutch and crustaffy and she's... Yes. She, she's she, a bit of a bully. She is a bully. And she keeps everyone else in line. Yeah. Yes. yeah she, she's my baby. You know, you sometimes think you hear these people that do have... 20 dogs. There's never a fight. I know somebody who's got 20 rescued pit bulls. Yes. Not a problem mm. at all. And, uh, and you think, you know, a lot of people go, well, I can't get another dog because they'll fight or something like that. It seems like the more you, know, you Sharon, have, the you, less they fight. You say that. You know that I, uh, the, I have a client who is the most, well, a supporter, uh, Charlene Maltz. She is Absolutely amazing. She just lost two dogs and she's got two, the, the surviving two. And I have advised her not to get a dog until December. Her pack that she had needs to settle. Okay. And I could push five dogs onto her tomorrow. Sure. But no, her pack needs to settle. Okay, before you bring before in she a, brings a in another. And she's already come to shelter and she's already identified another dog and I've I haven't pursued it because her pack needs to find their hierarchy because they've lost the other two, Cindy and Biscuit. Yes, yeah. Yes. Mm. But, but also make, sorry, John, okay. Oh, I was gonna say they're gonna readjust anyway when the new dogs do come in. Is that yes, not but so? they've got to align themselves as their pack leaders. They okay. weren't the pack leaders. I get you. You know, people gen- generally are afraid if there's a little bit of a squabble. Mm. But it just takes one squabble to sort out, sort out the, the hierarchy. Mm. Look, if it's pit bulls fighting, it's a different story altogether, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I always say they're like children. You know, you're driving in your car and you're having your kids at the back having a massive fight. <laughs> yeah. They're exactly like dogs. Yes. <laughs> They'll sort themselves out, keep quiet and watch in a minute. They're not going to pull out each other's teeth. <laughs> you know, they're not going to tear each other's ears. Sure, sure. So let the dogs find themselves. So now, Estelle, with all of this that you, you guys are doing, how do you, I mean, the costs must be, I was looking at your flyer, and, and I looked at the costs per month to feed for veterinary bills. 
Is this all money that you get from wonderful people out there, donations? Our food, and I have to give accolades to Pedigree, have sponsored us for an entire year. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. That was the yellow brick wall that you saw we did on Mandela Day. They built a wall. And they've been involved with us with the Juno project. They have been right. sensational. And I have to actually, if I can do that clap on the music, boy, I'd do a huge yes. clap for there we Peter go. Let's do this oh, for Peter Oh, Green. we can find it. <laughs> wow, you're springing this on me. It's coming. amazing because yeah. we, we're going to be covering the Juno project in yes. Canine magazine. Amazing initiative. Uh, and the water dog. Yes, and, and it's so, it gladdens my heart to see, you know, a lot of my sponsors in the magazine. Yes. Are also, I mean, they they give so much. I know that Supreme Pet. Yeah. They gave us. Uh, they gave us. Yes, they did. They, they did. Gave yes, they well. gave to us as well. Oh, so please. there's another clap for that. Hills. Oh, oh, yes, Supreme Hills. <laughs> I have to clap. Right. Hills. Nestle also gave us. Montego always help. Vuma helps us. Vuma. Vuma's fantastic. So, but ninety percent of the food goes out to. Um, to outreach to programs. outreach programs, okay. so yeah, and veterinary bills that now also you, must that come you, to quite a bit. Our veterinary bills are our biggest expense, and it is hard. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Nicholas and I work full time, so we had three children that went private schools. All the money now goes to the dogs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we work for the dogs. You but work for the dogs. Yeah, we do. And, but and there are lots of generous people out there mm. as well. For example, I had a Would dog. With, help? Yeah, with a broken back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the corporates actually are more involved with human causes. Yes, they oh. are. I've seen that. I've tried to go to corporates and yeah. they, they're totally involved with uh, human causes. Yes, human causes. Um, sadly, place. except for FNB. I see FNB starting to actually do a lot now for animal rescue. They, they are. But at, at the end of the day, it amazes me how many of these shelters, I mean, we had Cheryl Gore and Malcolm Gore in oh. two weeks ago and from Pug Rescue. Yes. They were also saying how they sold their home, they bought this property, they work for the dogs. And yes. that, that is fantastic. Mm. It really, really mm. is. Yeah. So mm. fundraising events, things like that? We're not that? the greatest at fundraising. Mm. Um, I prefer, I always think to myself, oh, I'm going to go out and do a fundraiser, but I'm not going to be walking the dogs on that day. I'd rather be walking the dogs on that day. Yeah. Um, I, the, the dogs are our life. Um, they, not a day does, I don't go past the shelter where I pop into every single 54 kennels. Mm. And uh, the, the dogs are our world they, they lighten up our lives Perhaps a way that people then Not to help you by giving you funds But someone who can do fundraising for you Someone then, who has that talent Would yes. really help you guys it's, out Jonathan, it's not so easy No, it's mm. very not difficult so easy To get, yeah. that, kind to get of that kind of person Who's totally dedicated no. yeah. In fact, for the Wodak show I had to get um, a lady from Cape Town To come up and run the to show come for and us understand. Yeah. It's very difficult Because people need to earn money to live yeah. I've been trying for four years To get someone to fundraise For my canine zone fund which is supposed mm. to be there to pay vet bills so hard to get somebody because they have to live they have to pay mm. their own bond and it's a very time consuming thing it to is. build relationships with other companies yeah. and to to build that trust for them to give you these to donations you. and sponsor so you tell us give us a day in the life of one of your shelter dogs <laughs> okay let's use who juno i can use anybody i can use uh, i mean the dogs that, that were sterilized this morning uh, last weekend we were terribly full. Not the we, not the Wodak weekend. How do you call it the Wodak weekend? The Wodak weekend. Yeah, the yeah. Mandela Day. Yeah. Now it's yeah. known as the Wodak weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nicholas gets a bit like shy. Like I found another dog, <laughs> and then I said, "But what are we going to do?" Anyway, it was a pair. And what did we call them, Nicholas? The babies. Then, um, 
I think Ricky, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie and Rosie. Robbie and Robbie Rosie. And Rosie. Yeah, Robbie and Rosie are your typical township dogs. He's got a broken leg which has been repaired, and Rosie dropped a litter of seven puppies oh. two days after she arrived. Oh my goodness! So that is your typical day at Woodrock. Yes. Okay, it was the weekend. It was a Sunday night. Nicholas had gone into the informal settlement. Uh, somebody needed him. He went to go and see to an animal. I think it was with Billery, and yeah, he arrives back with two, with two dogs. And uh, so we said, okay, we won't tell Fiona because now we've got no space at the bottom. We'll hide them up at the top in isolation because they've got to be checked medically. Yes, yes. And um, so that was last, this not last Sunday, the Sunday night before. And then on the Monday, uh, Fiona wasn't there. On the Tuesday, Fiona arrived and she's still. This dog is pregnant. Well, she was quite right. Oh. So that is the life, the day in the yes. life. So now we have seven really, really beautiful, cute, puppies. cute nothing puppies. Oh. But for us, they're special. And Robbie went to get sterilized um, at the vet this morning. And sometimes they are the best. These little, just they're just dogs or yeah. puppies. That is my, Sharon, you that know. so awesome. We say that. Mm. But then we get people who are picky and choosy and they say, we're mm. just not making that connection. And I think okay. the, the devil in Estelle comes out. <laughs> yeah, sure, but I mean, because you also get pure breed dogs in your in your shop. Certainly. We certainly do. Yeah. We've got we, we've got Bostons, we've got Spaniels, we've got Bostons. Yes. Oh my word! I must restrain myself right now. There <laughs> you go, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Charlie. Um, we don't only rehome from the shelter. We also do satellite rehoming. So a personal which phone, is, which is uh, the ideal situation, home to home. So people will phone me and say, um, I've got a, I've got a Dushan that needs to be rehomed. And I'll say, I'm so sorry, but I just don't have space. Um, and I can't get past Fiona. Yes. We just don't have space. So then I will then look at the list and I'll say, you might want to phone these people, but I suggest you do your homework properly. Right. I had right. to have never met these people. These are the lists and you do your homework properly. Now, looking at the pictures and the person that has actually phoned me for his dashing for this Friday. Yes. Robbie Sutner. He will not just give his dog to anybody. I promise you he'll do his homework. Do his homework. And that is what we call a satellite rehoming. Oh, right. It does happen. Well, we were quite excited. We've got, I've got a car full of prezies for you. Um, I've got it on the Thank desk here. Popcorn, um, which is a most amazing uh, product. It's popcorn for dogs. So, of course, it's great if it, it can't make your dog fat. You can give them as treats anytime you want to. My dogs adore it, the chicken and the beef flavor. And they actually kindly donated a lot of bags this weekend that we sold at, at Wodak with proceeds to Soweto Animal Rescue. And she's given me a huge bag of 30 Gee, that you wonderful. can take back to your own little, little to babies. My babies. Mm. Yes. And Thank then, of you course, so in the – Thank you so much, know, Popcorn. Yes. Popcorn's amazing and, and the dogs love it. So I'm sure your little ones are yes. going to enjoy this. And then secondly, we've got a couple of your dogs in on our adorable adoptable pages in the August issue of Canine oh, okay. Zone, which is out on the 17th. Thanks, so we do find a lot of them get adopted. Some holding thumbs because they're so beautiful. I they know. really are. And we know their personalities and we vet the homes to match the personalities. Yes. So thank yes. you very much. And now how can people help you, Stel, before we end, end up here? You know, there's the age-old question I get asked. It's one of the very first questions. How do we get involved and how do how can we help? There's so many ways to get involved. And one of the ways to get involved is to actually t- take a dog under your wing, satellite once again, yes. get to know the personality of the dog and market that dog on every single media that you possibly can and do your home check and then come to Woodrock and let us do the final stage because that is a huge help. Because mm. okay. people have time on their hands And they don't think of it Also, social media is so enormous That's today huge. And if mm. you've got time on your hands You can sit and pump that dog yes. all day Absolutely okay. yeah. Absolutely. What do they say? If you can't adopt 
volunteer. Yeah. Right. If you can't volunteer, donate. If you can't donate, educate. Absolutely. So, and then if people want to donate, they can do that. Obviously, yes, you'd welcome they, any donations. Uh, it's, it's on our Facebook page, all the banking details over there. Of course, that is always first prize because at the moment our vet bill is like out of control. But yes. um, our vets are very kind to us. And Stella, your Facebook page is under? Woodrock Animal Rescue. Woodrock Animal Rescue. Yes. So please go and have a look there. Have you got a website as well? We do have a website, www.woodrockanimalrescue.org. Fantastic. So people can get all but the banking details. Yes. Do you yes. take volunteers? Are you, yes, do you do. welcome volunteers? We do yes, welcome we do. volunteers. We're, um, we, we make them work. Good. Okay, so it's not a matter of <laughs> coming to walk, walk the dogs or bath the dogs. Yes. Um, but I must also add is that uh, obviously the, the, the Woodrock are a shelter where they are older dogs. Mm. And long lifers. Mm. But at the present moment, and this is like a huge advert, I feel like I shouldn't even be mentioning it. Go for we it. have 40 puppies. Wow. Mm. On rescue. And that is very, very unusual for Woodrock at the moment. Yeah, but you see, you do not need to buy a puppy from a pet store. Absolutely. This is what I try and get across every single week. Please don't support puppies in pet stores because mm. they come from puppy mills. Rather go to Woodrock and get a wonderful little puppy. That and we never close. Neutered. We are never closed. Exactly. We don't say you, you know, even after six o'clock, if you can't get there, that we just phone us and we'll mm. be waiting for you to adopt. Mm. No, absolutely. We yeah. never ever close. And these yeah, are little adopt, guys. Don't shop. Absolutely. These are little guys that desperately need help. And then on a, on the last final note is that Woodrock are the shelter that hand, that hold their hand out to the next shelter. So we will never, we've never had an argument with the shelter. That's we don't, wonderful. we don't get into any nonsense. We never, we, we never, we never respond mm. if there is something ugly. Mm. And we always, if we've got too much dog food or we've got too much, too mm. many inoculations or we've been given a consignment of bandages, we will hand it over to another shelter. Fantastic. Yeah. Stella, thank you yeah. so much. Nicholas, bless you for you all guys you do. do amazing stuff. Do amazing thank stuff. You. Thank you for taking I think every part. shelter thank does. And I, I have to mm. say hands up yes. to every single one of them. Yes, we won. Yeah. But we all band together. No, we salute all of them. Yes. They do amazing yes. jobs. Thank you so much for coming in today again. Thank, Thank you, you, Sharon, for inviting Thank us. We're we'll back. We're going to take a short break. John O'Hare? Yes, right back with Paul Marie Janser from Rensburg. Great stuff. Cliffcentral.com. What an amazing interview that was. It always just makes, I don't know, I just feel so much for these people. That I'm going to steal your phrase, lives. Sharon. They're animal angels. Animal yes. angels of note. And now we've got another animal angel yes, in the studio. Yes, we're so excited we for this are. one. Oh, we've got Vilmarie Janser von Rensburg. Now, Vilmarie... You do a lot of stuff. You're a, what John is a speed queen, but yeah, you're also involved in cat queen. rescue. What is speed queen? Speed queen was given, uh, thanks for, for having me, by the way. No, thank um, you for coming. <laughs> it's a pleasure. And I've seen the, and heard of the things that you guys do. So I'm really, thanks for the opportunity. Um, speed queen is a name uh, that was given to me about 20 years ago mm-hmm. for racing motorbikes. Oh, yes. okay. So I was the first lady to race against the guys and the only one when mm. I started for about eight years. And obviously beating them just got the name. Suddenly <laughs> someone just said, okay, maybe this is Speed Queen. So yes. I've kept it. Okay. Well, that's yes. very yeah, brave I'm sure of the you. guys weren't <laughs> happy. Hey? No. You, you know what? It was fun to have a girl in there, you know, parading in leathers. I think the guys all loved it. Oh, they it. would love that. Yes. But then I started getting competitive and um, then I started winning. You know, then you see who's your friends and who's not. Yes. yes. But 20 years later, I've done everything you can think of in motorsports. I've tried mm-hmm. it. And uh, I have an academy now um, that is also called Speed Queen Racing Academy, and that's 11 years. Fantastic. So, wow. 
And lately, you've got your own radio show. Yes, yeah, it's wonderful. Right here on Cliff Central, Auto Central. Correct. Yeah, they one of the newest shows here. And yeah, I think we're on our eighth show today. It's fantastic. Yes, well it's, done. It's no. exciting. I'm still finding my feet though, <laughs> but loving it. That's great. But what amazes me is that I didn't actually know this about you, is how passionate you are about animals. Yes. Mm. Yeah, besides cars, how did that come about? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a different, whole different ball game, hey? I've always loved animals, but I have a real special love for cats. Mm. Um, I, there's just something, I think maybe a little bit, because in some way I feel they're very similar to me. We, you know, a cat is independent, mm. you know, they kind of, um, they do come, they love you. They really love you. They've got so much personality, but they are not so dependent on you that the moment mm. you walk in, you know, they all over you. I love dogs, but mm. cats just do it for me. They come to you when they want something or if, whether it's just love or whatever. Mm. So I, I relate to How cats. How many do you have? I've got two. Okay. I would have had, if I had a plot, I would have. A lot more, a lot more. It's amazing how you get dog people, cat people, and some just connect with both and all animals. So, but now on the other hand, other than having your own two, you do a lot of rescuing, spaying and neutering. Tell us about that. Well, this came about, um, you know, firstly, I don't like watching the news. And I know some people are going to say that's just silly. I don't because I get so upset with mm. pictures or news or anything remotely. Yeah, you really absorb that stuff. I, I really do. Mm. And I wish I didn't, but mm. it's kind of, it's just me. And, and I've, I've thought about this. I've cried about this. I've done everything I can tell you. And I thought, you know what? I need to do what I can do, um, as best as what I can. And, um, I, it, this came about driving out on my way to gym. And this tiny little black kitty ran across the road and I thought, no, she's too small. She actually won't make it. Mm. It, She was that tiny. So I got out, parked in the middle of the road and someone actually stopped to help me catch this little cat. But she was wild, but young. But I mean, I'm not even, I don't want to say even six, seven weeks. Bit me a little bit, you know, but which is normal. You know, she's scared. And so this was a feral cat. And I thought, okay, what do I do with a little feral cat? Phoned all the vets. None of the vets wanted to take her because she's now feral. Um, and then, you know, so, so you got to socialize them somehow. When they're small, you can still hopefully socialize them and find a home. So I phoned around and, and, and got hold of this amazing woman, Mishka, who also she's got a plot and there's so many cats. So I, I went, I was in tears. I said, please help me. I can't, you know, this cat can't go to the vet. I can't keep her. Um, my place doesn't allow for that anymore. Um, and I went to her and she said, no, she's small enough. Let's, you know, let's do what we need to do. So I donated some money to them because now they'd have to feed her, yes. fix her, right. you know, do all the right things. And then before I knew it, I had another one that I called. Oh. So, <laughs> and then there's, uh, I found this woman who actually made cages for, you know, to catch the cat. Yes. So I said to her, look, please show me how to do this. Um, and uh, she actually said, let me come with you. And she went with me to the center, the checkers behind where I live. Tiny little gray cat going in and out of the generator box and eating out of the dustbin. Oh, so I thought, no, this is wrong. Yeah. You know, so mm. I started feeding this cat certain times of the day to make sure that, you know, she knew where there was food and when. Because this is what the lady said to me, feed a certain time. And then that's the time we're going to try and catch her. So she came with me, brought the cage, and, you know, we stuck it out there. And um, you've got two ways. You know, you get the automatic 
cage. I don't know if you've seen it. The one who yes. you yes, don't have to triggers. be around. So, yes. yes, correct. So if they walk them. in, uh, it kind of steps the, the door down. Right. But that's very traumatic for them if mm. you're not there. And then there's another one that you can do manually where you put the little stick, hide around the corner. If they're in there, you close That's it quickly. That's so old school. Yes. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw the blanket over because instantly they go into a – they just traumatize, but they, they hurt themselves in the cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, to try and get out. So you've got to try to cover them quickly with a blanket. So this is the stuff that she showed me now and taught me. So I said, okay, I need my own cage. Um and uh, then I just went for a holiday in Mahalis Park, and I was devastated when I found these three little kittens that was now at my door. I'm trying to relax, mm-hmm. and here's these little kittens. So before I knew it, I just started uh, catching and rescuing. But the difficult, the little ones I caught close to home, I could find homes for because okay. we could socialize them. The problem was with the Mahalis Park, which is now really, they have stray cats. Mm. Um which they don't feed, unfortunately. I find that so sad. You know, they don't put the food out or whatever. But in in this case, you can't. Now, this is what um, the lady Liz has taught me who, you know, catches ferals, fix oh. them and feed them. So you mustn't take them out of the environment where they're at because they, they kind of form a colony. And if you take away, just new cats are going to come in. Yes. We, yes. If you just fix the ones that are there, mm-hmm. um, they kind of keep the things going. Keep it going. Yeah, so, that, so you're minimizing the risk when you fix them for yes, new ones, for, for new kittens. Ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, you feed them so, you know, they, they, they keep it clean with the rats and those kind of things. And uh, yes. They do serve a, a big purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, in, in certain areas like townships where we've had problems with rats. Mm-hmm. And right. When it starts affecting humans, that's mm. when people take it seriously. Mm. Yes, but yeah. did you know that uh, cats don't actually catch them, it seems, when they're hungry? And and this is a very odd uh, uh, principle, but this is now a lot of research that was done by the vets and also the, the people yes. I'm now working with. They say the cats must have food to catch them. It to takes, give them the energy. Exactly. Right, it takes right. so much energy. So they energy. would catch them almost as a sport. As exactly. A, as mm. just their instinct. Yes. Yeah, and not as a yeah. place for food. But if they're starving, they don't. It's too much energy. Yes. So That's why you've got to keep feeding them. You just fix them and feed them. Spay new to release. Yes. 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 And, and feed yeah. them to keep mm. them there. They really do play a huge role. They do. And I wish more companies would actually take care of them. Yeah. Mm. Especially if they're on your terrain, you know, mm. like this park that we went to. This was a very traumatizing experience for me because I had to release them again and that's the bit that I struggled with you know I wanted to take them home and 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 I couldn't um but I realized that they they did know the environment Mm. and although they were small and they were surviving in amongst the monkeys but the one had a little bite mark and that was very bad for me so I went to the vet and found that purple spray antibiotic stuff and and I was getting them to literally start taking food out of my hand. Um, so I spent an extra week there at the resort just to try and feed them, to get them to trust me. Mm-hmm. That was the bad part for me because now they trust me next minute I catch them okay. and they're devastated. Right. Uh, but then we got the vet to come to the resort and then she fixed them there the same night still that we, we caught them. And then we waited for them to recover and then I went and released them mm. the next morning. So we mm. caught five cats like that. Um, and it's great. And then we, all of them we released in the same place where we now feed them. 
Okay, so, so they now in the environment yes, and they know there's food there yes, for them. Yes, yes. And fortunately, when we caught the one that had an injury, you know, the vet managed to fix up what needed to be fixed. And so at least from that side, yes. the little one will be okay as well. But that was really rough for me because I couldn't find a home for them. I couldn't socialize them and I couldn't take them to a vet. I had to release them into the wild. I think you have to see what option is best it, for the cats 100%. and go with that option. Mm. 100%. And it's very hard when they're feral cats to get them tame enough to rehome. Yes. Yeah. Most especially, cases can't be done. Especially when they're big. Yes. And I had a situation like that now on Thursday. Last Thursday I caught a very big grey one at the one checkers. And... um it, he was just too big to try and socialize. Mm. We can't. So the kittens you can probably you can, still. Yes. Yeah. But those ones, you've got to fix them, love them as best you can, mm. you know, while they were the vet. And then just make sure they know where there's food, where you release them again and hope for the best. Yeah, well, I think also it, it provides a challenge when there is an area that has a lot of stray or feral cats mm. and then to try and show people that, no, this is actually a pet that lives inside your house when all around them they see stray cats. Yes. It must be harder to get them to adopt. Yeah, it is. Um, but, I mean, you know what makes me angry is people are negligent, people that adopt. They are they play a big part of the problem we're sitting with with the ferals because they get them for the kids. They they don't fix them or the kids want them initially and then they realize, oh, no, it's too much trouble. And then they don't mm, want them anymore. Absolutely. And mm. 100%. And that's the part we, that causes um, – well, now you have a, a stray cat like the one I called a male. So it goes and visits this female. She's not fixed. Chaos. Mm. What happens to the little ones? So you know what? There's one thing I want to ask every single one who's got a cat. Just fix it. Him or her, because yeah. Yeah. I cannot tell you the, um, the the snowball effect, the trauma and the drama. Absolutely. If you don't I mean, do Nicholas, that, what did he say earlier? A cat is it sixty thousand? Something on the order of fifty-five to sixty-five thousand in the span of five years, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems to me, Sharon, that everyone who comes in here talking about how they are rescuing animals. The point they try to get across is sterilization. Yes. No one yes. can seem to stress that point enough. Yes. Mm. And you know what? If you do what I'm trying to do now, because I'm finding the hands on things so upsetting, it takes me a day or two to recover. I'm trying to rather get younger people in maybe who, who kind of emotionally switch off a little bit more than what I do, train them how to catch and what to do and, and set up a structure rather that they can work with. Yes. Um, like now with the checkers where uh, I'm catching, where I've caught the three cats now, I've asked them to also want to help donate pellets, for example. Mm, so they, yes. so every month just give two, three bags, you mm, know, so nothing. it helps. Yes. No. And they, they, they've been great. So we've put up a feeding post there permanently. Security helps to check is the pulse, you know, is it filled up? Which checkers is this? In Samrand, on Samrand. Avenue. Oh, big so, shout out to them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But Vilmarie, I like what you said about getting younger people in, people involved yes. because I, I go to shelters and I speak to these people and you normally find they're kind of middle-aged people to older, uh, yeah. to older people yeah. and, and we really need to get the youth more yes. involved yes. and, and yeah. to understand that there's help needed. But you know, a lot of them have projects in school yes. where they are supposed to be doing, let's say, good work. Mm. Um, and, and look, you've got to have a certain personality to manage this so I think it's important to work with the youth but the lady that that showed me how to catch the cats she is 
she cannot cope with all the feeding and all the catching anymore. And mm. she's, she's not young. So she's taking strain. Yes. And, and that's when I realized, you know what? Help. Yes. We, we need to get people really in to help. We really need to get yeah. the twenties and the city yes. out there and say, we'll help. Go once yeah. a day and put mm. out food. Yeah. Once a cats. month, come once with us month. on this weekend mm. and we're going to catch again. You know, it, it makes the world of difference. Well, Marie, what you do is fantastic. Um, something I know that is also very close to your heart is yes. the situation at Jagomoro. Yes. And uh, now we were supposed to have Justin, uh, on our show two weeks ago, uh, then all the drama went down where people came to take his cat. Mm. Uh, last week we had Ainsley, hey Sharon, yes, from the NSPCA, talking about the whole situation. But Volmarie, I know you were there this weekend. Yes. Uh, Justin, just to tell you quickly history, we used to race together. So uh, a year ago, I also went to visit him at his park. It was the most incredible experience I've ever had. And when I heard this on the news, what happened now, what is it, two weeks ago already, mm. I was traumatized. I tell you, I cried, couldn't stop crying for like a day. And that's when I tried to get hold of you to mm. tell you, you know, um, I managed to speak to to Justin and his mom, and this is what I think is going on. But I wanted to go there myself on Saturday to just see because I want to help them raise funds because mm. the biggest challenge for them now seems to be the legal fees. Right. They, they, they are not in the wrong. Mm. You know, they have all the right paperwork. There is a lot more involved than what people realize. You know, you know, in my personal experience in life is people with money – are bullies and they're wrong and they use their money and time and the legal system to get what they want and it's not okay and in this case it is very much that is what it is so if anything I want to help them to raise funds for legal fees because right. it's already ridiculous sure. what they have to pay mm. But I wish some love. lawyer would volunteer their yes, services. Yes. That would be great. Well, so if there's any lawyers listening, please, please, yes. yeah, you know, we'd love to speak to you. Yeah. This, this is a, I mean, this is a big topic. Mm. I mean, it was also just with the lions, the tigers, I mean, that they are now breeding was on carte blanche as well, as you know. It's not a, it's a big topic for our country, you know, it, and these people are doing great work. Well, we actually have uh, Justin Fernandez on the line. Justin, are you there? Hi, how's it, Jonathan? Welcome it to the show, show Justin. Hi, it's my Justin. Hello. Okay, <laughs> Justin, you know, now the last time we spoke to you was obviously a terrible day for you. You were very mm. distraught. Now that it's two weeks later, things have sort of settled. I know all the cats are still at your park. How are things going? Well, the cats are actually taking a lot uh, better than what I thought. Um, there's one or two cats that took it really hard where I'm sitting here with a jaguar that refuses me to go, uh, go inside the enclosure just to even clean up. Um, but most of the cats are taking it pretty well. Uh, we had our first group of uh, clients that came through on Saturday to come out again and feed the animals, uh, get up close and personal with them, and the cats actually took it pretty well. I just I don't think that they the big fans of people dressed now in camo clothing coming up to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Kai also. Hey, Justin. I mean, Kai yeah. is already yeah. uh, doesn't like men. And Kai then, took a really bad yeah. turn with that. Uh, for about three or four days, he didn't want to sit still. We had to follow him around Shame. the enclosure, mm-hmm. have two or three bites of meat out of your hand, and just run off again, run after him again, just try and get just so he can get a bit of meat in his stomach. And what is what is Kai, meat. Justin? Okay, Kai is a very, very rare tiger. If you guys go Google him, there's only 50 of these cats left in the world. Goodness. It's a crossbreed between a white tiger and an orange tiger where both colors came out in the cat. So if mm. you guys go Google 
golden tabby tiger, you'll see how special this cat really is. I think I may have seen mm. him on your Facebook page, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's yeah, like a very strawberry, beautiful. blonde, white, yeah. beautiful looking cat. Shame, so he took a lot of strain from this. Yeah, he took already a lot of strain from this, where we had to follow him around and eat something and not lose so much weight and all of that, but... Yes. Yeah, the cat has started to settle down now and everything, so yeah, I'm and happy for that. Justin, what is the, the current status? And I, I think you've got a lot of public support. So what's happening right now? Well, we've got a lot of public support. We've got a lot of donations coming in. It's, um, like Valmarie says, the cats are still one of our main top priorities to look after them, the well-being of the cats. The cats still get fed every day. It's not that because we went under liquidation that the cats started getting a bad life by not getting fed properly and medical side and vet bills and all of that. That's all being paid up. The only thing that's getting out of hand, because we have to keep on constantly running up and down to high court, uh, mm-hmm. paying the lawyers, we paid almost over 400,000 rand in lawyers just to try and sort mm-hmm. all this out. And uh, I can see it's going to carry on for quite a while because everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got their paperwork and this is like just the biggest mess I've seen in any uh, like courtside mm-hmm. issue that I've seen in a long time. And, and do you have time now, Justin, or is there a deadline before you have to look at moving them? Well, we're busy waiting now for ABSA to come to a table and say the day out of the equation. So the only liquidators that we owed money to, uh, the creditors that we owed money to was ABSA Bank. Now, all of a sudden, they say they started attaching uh, our animals and everything. But on the contract, it stated, uh, first, the money had to come in where we sold all portions of the property to a profit. Um, then second on the list was movable assets like cars, vehicles, motorbikes, trailers to re- to try and get that money back. And then the cats were third on the list, and they didn't take any. They didn't take cars. They didn't take furniture. They didn't take anything. They took they the animals straight for the first. cats because they knew that is how so sad. Cats so were. sad that and the they animals took it out of under our nose. Uh, apparently, all of this, the, the big cats, yeah, twenty-one of the big cats got sold for two hundred and twenty thousand rand. Justin, how can people help before we wrap up? Is there any, your Facebook page? I know it's under Jagamoro um, Predator, Predator Park. Park. Yes. yes. Um, either up on my uh, uh, fan page as well as under Justin Tiger Boy Fernandez. Okay. There's banking details. So if people do want to help donate yes. towards the lawyers. Fees and if and there's any lawyers out there, please, yes. please, please, you know, come and help with some pro bono work there. All right. Yeah, that would be perfect. All right, Justin, we've got literally a few seconds left of the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, um, Justin. We are going to follow up with you again, I'm sure. No problem. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Only a pleasure. And with that, we we at the end of the show already. Yes, quick, quick, yes. quick. Volmarie, thank you so much. I wish Thanks, we had more Volmarie. time with you. No problem. Yes. Thanks for having me. No, and thank you for no, all the good work you pleasure. do. And Sharon? Yeah, well, I tell you what, this week, nearly the weekend's nearly there, and we'll be back again next week with some interesting um, guests. We're going to talk about chicken rescue. That should be mm. very, very interesting. So we'll be back next Wednesday. Until then, please give all your pets a big hug from us. Bye. Cliffcentral.com